Do you know the difference between a little adrenaline rush right before you hit the stage and a constant state of anxiety and stress? Trust me, your voice does. Let's get some expert advice for this. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. For part two of the Vagal Vocal Connection, we're going to dig into stress. I'm going to narrate an article generously written for us at All Things Vocal by Jackie Warner, who is a certified practitioner of functional medicine. She founded the Thrive Health and Wellness Clinic in Nolensville, Tennessee, and I became aware of her through the health building experiences that Leah Grams Johnson had at her clinic. You may remember that Leah is our guest poster for part one. My thanks to Leah and to Jackie Warner for sharing this in-depth look at a subject important to all voices and, of course, everybody else, how to deal with stress. And our vagus nerve plays an important part. Before we start, let me tell you a little bit more about Jackie Warner. She's a board-certified nurse practitioner in family practice and functional medicine. With 20 years of extensive nursing experience, including trauma, ICU, cardiac, and wellness, Jackie experienced the frustrating revolving door care model offered by traditional approaches to treatment of disease. After completing a health coaching program through the Duke Center for Integrative Medicine Certification, she found her true calling in the field of functional medicine. Jackie went on to obtain her certification through the Institute for Functional Medicine, and as of 2018, is one of only three practitioners in the state of Tennessee to have completed this extensive training and examination process. Combining her diagnosis and treatment-based experience in hospital care with a functional medicine approach to identifying and eliminating the underlying causes of disease and dysfunction is Jackie's passion, and her Thrive Health and Wellness Clinic, located in Nolensville, Tennessee, is its expression. Please note, the information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use this information for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem or prescription of any medication or other treatment. Call your doctor before starting any new routine of diet, exercise, or supplementation or medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Here now is my reading of Jackie's article. First, she's going to introduce us to stress and its impact on our bodies. Let's start off with the nervous system in our body. The autonomic nervous system is divided into two subsystems, the sympathetic nervous system, a.k.a. fight or flight, and the PNS, the parasympathetic nervous system, a.k.a. the brakes. The role of the autonomic nervous system, or ANS, is to constantly balance the functions of the organ systems according to both internal and external stimuli. It does this through coordination of various activities such as hormone secretion, respiration, digestion, and excretion and circulation. The ANS is always on, 
we are unaware of the tasks it's performing every minute of the day. However, when things become unbalanced, we need to become more aware of what's happening. Both of these systems, the fight or flight and the brakes, are divided by the all and powerful vagus nerve. The goal is to balance both sides and improve the vagal tone. If that all sounds like mumbo jumbo to you, don't worry, I'll explain. Let's go back, way back to our ancestral times. The lion sees us making fire. We turn and catch a glimpse of this impending threat. Within split seconds of perceiving a threat, this primitive part of your brain sounds the alarm, sending a chemical distress signal to the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, or HPA, your hypothalamus. The hypothalamus, a tiny gland in the front center of your brain, serves as a rapid relay station. The stress response signals, once registered, then get passed on to the pituitary gland, another major hormonal regulatory center quite close by in your brain. And from there, all the way down to your adrenal glands, where your body translates these signals into action, providing the fuel you need to escape or fight the danger. Thus, this is called the fight-or-flight response. The adrenal glands initially respond by pumping out a chemical called adrenaline. Under adrenaline's influence, your heart rate quickens and your breathing changes to get more oxygen to the reaction centers in your brain and to your muscles. Your pupils dilate to take in more peripheral vision and help you see. And blood is shunted away from your colon, gut, and extremities to pump more blood to your brain and heart so you can run faster, think clearer, and see farther. Your mind becomes hypervigilant, also called hyperarousal. You become keenly aware of and sensitive to every possible threat or hint of danger in your environment. In the short run, some people actually love the feeling of adrenaline. It gives us a rush. Some people even get addicted to it. Think roller coasters, horror movies, and bungee jumping. But when this rush becomes chronic, it's not fun anymore. When stress becomes distress, your stress response is only meant to be activated in times of danger and only supposed to last for a few minutes, long enough to get us out of harm's way and let your brain do the work of cataloging the danger so you recognize it even faster next time. So we're not actually running away from the lion, nor do we need to constantly lift the car off our child. We are, however, living in a world full of stressors. Unfortunately, our bodies cannot differentiate our bodies sitting at a computer feeling stressed versus running away from a threat. Our stress response rarely ever turns off unless we practice doing it intentionally. The dark side of chronic hypervigilance is anxiety. Your body and brain get stuck in survival mode and you end up with chronic anxiety, overwhelming feeling of fatigue, sleep problems, and brain fog. Over time, you can also end up with a host of other problems, including exhaustion, depression, cognitive problems, sugar cravings, weight gain, 
or Hashimoto's, and an increased risk for diabetes, heart disease, and dementia. Does this sound like you? If you're struggling with chronic anxiety or other symptoms of adrenal overdrive or adrenal depletion, your stress response or sympathetic system might be the cause. Being on all the time is exhausting, and so many of us are experiencing burnout and serious health systems as a result. You remain in overdrive. All systems go. Your body tries to adapt until it can't anymore. You end up feeling like you just want to scream or hibernate in the bed. It's a problem millions of people are facing, and unfortunately, a common prescription is to add medication that can only mask the underlying cause. Here are the common symptoms of living in a sympathetic or imbalanced cortisol pattern. Afternoon fatigue, caffeine or sugar cravings, usually around 3 or 4 p.m. Allergies, food reactions, hives. Anxiety, irritability, or depression. Being in constant overdrive or overly driven, taking on too much, finding yourself unable to stop and relax. Cravings for sugar, salty, or fatty foods, or carbs, starches, baked goods. Difficulty sticking with a diet or exercise plan, trouble with willpower. Difficulty with focus or memory, brain fog. Digestive problems. Eczema or hives. Fatigue, exhaustion, feeling overwhelmed. Hashimoto's or autoimmune disorders show up. Hormonal imbalances. Insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome or diabetes. Low sex drive. Extra belly fat. Osteopenia or osteoporosis. PCOS endometriosis, and infertility. Perfectionism, feeling that you're never doing enough or never doing things well enough. Trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or waking up still tired. That was a long list. Ugh, what to do? There is a way out. Reset your stress response to heal anxiety. The good news is that our bodies do have other ways of responding to stress triggers than with anxiety, ones that will allow us to move out of the state of alarm into feeling calm and safe. Here are my, that is Jackie's, top five tips. Step one, recognize the feeling. The first step to overcoming anxiety is to recognize it for what it is the set of feelings that are the result of a series of biological responses to a perceived threat. Pay attention to what happens when you become anxious. Find your stress response. And here Jackie says, it's the tension in my jaw. I tend to clench my teeth. That's her stress response. Yours may be shoulder or neck pain or strain. Everyone is different. Notice your heart rate increases. Your breathing accelerates. You may start to sweat, or your mouth might get dry. You may feel that you're going to pass out, or you may have an urge to run, flee. 
you may have difficulty concentrating or experience memory lapses. You may experience nausea, chest pressure, or pain. At bedtime, you may be unable to fall asleep. You may feel a sense of impending doom, even that you're going to die. But you are not. These are the signs of anxiety. It's your body's fight-or-flight response kicking in. So that was step one, recognize the feeling. Step two, breathe. Just breathe. I want to introduce you to my good friend, the vagus nerve. I joke with patients that the vagus nerve is the new black. It's the master of calm. Here's why. When you stimulate your vagus nerve, it releases an array of anti-stress enzymes and hormones such as acetylcholine, prolactin, vasopressin, and oxytocin. Vagus nerve stimulation is associated with benefits such as improved memory, immune function, sleep, and higher levels of growth hormone. It also may help tame inflammation, allergic responses, and tension headaches. Unless you're a yoga master, you can't directly and consciously stimulate your vagus nerve. But you can indirectly stimulate your vagus nerve to relieve anxiety and depression. Deep breathing is a great example of that, says Dr. Golubic. We have a certain space where we can control breathing. We can extend the inhalation and the exhalation. So by those practices, we can activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Other ways to stimulate your vagus nerve include cold water facial immersion after exercise and submerging the tongue or gargling excessively, even singing loudly. Which of these should you choose? In time of crisis, whatever works is the answer. Jackie says, I teach my patients the 555 paste breathing technique. We start with an abdominal inhalation in for a count of five, hold for a count of five while pushing your shoulders back, relaxing your arms and hands, and then fully exhaling through pursed lips for a count of five. To get into a vagus nerve stimulation mode, it's best to reduce the number of breaths from a typical 10 to 14 per minute to five to seven per minute. That's slow your breathing down by half. Check out the HeartMath EM Wave, an affordable and effective biofeedback device that you can easily use at home. Jackie says we also have sessions available at Thrive Health and Wellness. Okay, for number three, step number three is create safe space for your brain. Getting and staying out of SOS is a lifestyle commitment that feels good and can transform your health, life, even your relationships and business success. Jackie recommends creating a nightly practice or routine that helps you consciously downshift out of stress. This helps guarantee that your body has a chance to get out of fight or flight each day letting your nervous system reset from survival mode to safe space. Here's her suggested practice. First, take a hot bath or shower 30 minutes before bed. I prefer using an Epsom salts bath with 10 to 15 drops of a good quality lavender essential oil. Next, after the bath or shower, 
Grab a notebook or pen and jot down one thing you're proud of from your day, one thing you're grateful for, and one thing you're looking forward to the next day. And finally, hop into bed and click on the Headspace app, which is free if you have Android or iPhone. Then do a series of five to seven paced breaths while you listen to a guided meditation. Jackie says, I love this app for retraining the brain. It really works. And finally, Jackie's step number four for retraining your stress response to heal anxiety is nourish your body from the inside out. Herbs and nutritional supplements are a beautiful complement to support you in healing the impact of the stress of modern living. And that would be the music business too. And even the impact of past trauma on your survival response system. They can help you heal from anxiety and allow you to live freely again. First, try to identify your triggers. This can be done with journaling and through an elimination diet plan. Here are a couple of lists of foods that Jackie gives us that nourish our adrenals and that harm. Here are Jackie's 11 best foods recommended if you have adrenal fatigue. Organ meats, for instance, liver, fish, organic meats like chicken or beef. She says wild is better. No GMO or grain fed is ideal. I would add, look for cage-free chicken and grass-fed beef. Eggs, if you're not sensitive to them. Low-sugar fruits. Vegetables. Beans, if you don't have SIBO or yeast issues. And avocado, nuts, and seeds. Jackie says the seven worst foods for adrenal fatigue are high-sugar fruits, sugary snacks, fast food, processed foods, refined grains, such as white bread, dried fruits, and coffee. Support your adrenal glands by adding adaptogenic herbs that work as adrenal fatigue supplements. Adaptogen herbs include ashwagandha, rhodelia, holy basil, licorice root, and ginseng. They're titled adaptogens because they help your body adapt and deal with stress, and these have big benefits. She says the number one adaptogen specifically for your adrenals is called ashwagandha. Ashwagandha benefits adrenals because it lowers cortisol levels and maintains healthy adrenal function. The same is true of the other adaptogen herbs, including holy basil and licorice root. Be careful with licorice root if you have high blood pressure. Also, getting B or methylated vitamins is very important for your adrenal glands, especially vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 deficiency has been linked to adrenal cortex stress, so supplementing with vitamin B12 can be a beneficial addition to your adrenal fatigue diet. Magnesium, as well as vitamin D, can also support your adrenals along with selenium. Magnesium plays a vital role in combating adrenal insufficiency and is an important cofactor for almost every bodily function. And I, Judy, would add here that I use magnesium lotion instead of taking it internally because I have some digestive issues with taking magnesium straight. Selenium benefits adrenals because it's a mineral that works as an antioxidant that also supports the adrenal glands. 
That's why selenium deficiency can also add to adrenal issues. My thanks once again to Jackie Warner for so generously sharing this information with us. You can find her at thrivehealthandwellnessclinic.com. That's thrivehealthandwellnessclinic.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best ways you can support it is with your review where you heard it. Thanks. This is Judy Rodman. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.